0: Welcome back to our podcast, and today our guest is Alan Rocca with Goldman Scalato and Penny PC, and he is also an uh, adjunct professor of security regulation. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. So, so what, what made you become an attorney?
1: Um, well, I, I have a background in, uh, in the investment industry. Um, I used to be a, an analyst. Okay. Uh, so I was familiar with how the investment world works um, and I also see that the playing field is, is really not level. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a difference between the, the regular mom and pop investors and in, in these large Wall Street type of companies. Uh, there's a difference in power and, and knowledge um, and, and I thought it would make sense to try and uh, sort of level the playing field sure. a little bit. Sure. So, so you
0: started on the on the securities investment side yeah. and then went back and, and got your law degree?
1: Yeah, so that, that's okay. my second career as a lawyer. Okay, um, and on top of it, you also teach? I do. I teach in the same area of the law, which is uh, securities regulation or investment law, basically.
0: Okay, so when you're doing the your cases that you're doing with the security regulations, stuff like that, is it is it primarily... You know, people with uh, that that have been caught up in Ponzi Ponzi schemes, or um, just bad investment advice, or you know, what 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 are the cases that you're doing?
1: The a large proportion of the cases uh, has to do with Ponzi schemes. Uh, investors who you know give money or invest money in a an opportunity, and then it turns out that the opportunity was a, a house of cards. Uh, the, the schemers or promoters were using investor money to pay other investors. Uh, you know, the rubbing Peter to pay Paul type of scenario. Okay. Um, but that's one of them. Uh, other scenarios uh, have to do with improper or unsuitable investments by um, advisors or investment recommendations where uh, you had a 75 year old who's invested in an annuity or some other product with, with a 10 year maturity uh, when the investor might not even be around in 10 years from, from now. Uh, or churning where you know, a lot of investments are bought and sold quickly um, and, and the advisor generates a lot of fees uh, where the, and, and the client you know, sees his uh, net assets diminish because of those fees. So it's, it's a variety of cases that, that have to do with some sort of misconduct related to uh, mom and pop investors' uh, life savings.
0: So in doing that, um, w- what you're doing with, with FINRA, are you working with FINRA to, to go after these investors, or are you going after them more, you know, the FINRA's going after them for licensing, but you're going after them financially?
1: It's more of the latter, yeah. They're going after, uh, you know, some of these advisors for, for regulatory or disciplinary reasons, uh, and, and we're trying to recoup money uh, for the customers. Uh, somebody who does something like this, like churning or uh, you know, making unsuitable recommendations or recommending a Ponzi scheme investment, they usually or oftentimes also violate some professional rules in the process of doing so. So we have the civil case where we're trying to recoup money for the investors. And at the same time, the regulators might become involved to uh, discipline uh, the advisor for any misconduct or violations of the rules. Gotcha.
0: So when you when you do that type of thing and you're going you're going after the, the investor because you know I always you know in, in dealing with my clients and you know their brokers and things like that you know they always are talking about compliance 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 right you know so the, these companies they have this compliance but they're still not doing enough is what you're saying.
1: You know, it's, I I will tell you that 95 or more percent of of the advisors or brokers, they're good people, they're ethical people, they're, you know, they're well intended, they want to help their clients, just like 95 percent of lawyers and and accountants in any profession. The problem is with those five percent, or three percent, or however many uh, who are not, who are out there to make a buck at the expense of their client. Uh, And and that small minority, and that's what it is, a small minority, uh, but it's a minority that could cause enormous damage uh, to their customers. They could, you know, wipe out somebody's life savings. Now, in in terms of compliance uh, and supervision, uh, we sometimes, or oftentimes, uh, is to these bad apples, uh, you know, we'll see deficiencies. Sometimes uh, these people are known to be bad apples. Because they have a long list of complaints, prior complaints, okay. uh, and nonetheless they get hired or they get reta- they stay on the firm's uh, uh, payroll, uh, and they keep doing what you know they, they've been doing, which is victimize more investors.
0: Right. So how is it that um, I mean, it sounds like one of the things that that you're that you're saying is is that typically this isn't the first time that this person has done this. So they have kind of a track record of doing this. How can somebody? How could I, if I'm getting ready to to start using somebody as my broker? How can I check their record to see if there's you know any complaints or any of these type of
1: violations? Yeah, uh, there's an easy way. Actually, there's a website maintained by the securities industry regulators called Broker Check. Broker Check. Uh, And if if you Google it, if you Google FINRA broker check, and that's F-I-N-R-A broker check, uh, that's probably the first link that pops up. Uh, You type the name of the person and it shows you. And, and, you know, for people who have complaints or regulatory uh, uh, incidents, there's a big red dot. So you you should not see any red dot on that list. Okay. (laughs) Ideally, or maybe one or two. Right. Uh, But none more than that.
0: Okay. All right. So that, I mean, that's that's great advice, you know. So anytime somebody gets ready to go, uh, you know, you start you investing money with somebody, they should always always check them out. Um, going back to the to the Ponzi schemes, you know, what is it that somebody can do? Because I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of high profile Ponzi yeah. schemes where even the the highly educated and, and well known people. Have, have gotten sucked into them. So what are some of the, the ways that that we can protect ourselves from falling victim
1: of a Ponzi scheme? It's it's due diligence and in, in, in scrutiny and healthy skepticism. I will tell you that most of my clients are professionals. Uh, most of them are highly accomplished professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not the sort of the a stereotypical little old lady. The little old ladies actually tend to be very careful with their money. (laughs) (laughs) They keep uh, it at the bank. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's it's more often people like us uh, who are uh, professionals. They, you know, they save money for retirement. Um, And and these uh, Ponzi schemes, more often than not, are are crimes of confidence. Uh, That's why they call them con men. Um, because they're also perpetrated by people who are like us or they belong to the same group that we do. You know, they're our neighbors or our, you know, golf club uh, or, or, um, you know, church uh, uh, parishioners, uh, uh, you know, sometimes relatives, unfortunately. I I see a lot of that. Um, It's people we trust. Um, And so with people we trust, we tend to lower our guard. Uh, You know, if you get a cold call from a stranger who, you know, offers to take your life savings and invest them, you're likely going to hang up the phone on them. Uh, If, you know, another parent at your kid's school approaches you, uh, or again, your neighbor across the street, uh, you're likely to be more open because it's somebody you know, uh, or somebody you trust more. Uh, And again, these are kinds of confidence and and due diligence is is crucial. Uh, and, And when you look at how, you know, we, we tend to, Act when we have to spend a lot of money. Say you want to buy a new car, you're mm-hmm. not going to walk in the first dealership into the first dealership, and uh, you know the salesman tells you it's you know X dollars, and you say here's a check. Right, right. right. We'll we'll make a few phone calls. We'll uh, we'll look online. We'll we'll see what the going rates are. Uh, we'll maybe try to negotiate with a couple of people at the same time. We'll look up the car, um, and and that's usually a fraction of our life savings. Uh, but that's the type of approach that that I'd like to see investors engaging when they entrust somebody with their life savings
0: right the um you know because i know i mean you know again you you could throw a rock and you would hit five financial advisors you know type things so Mm -hmm. um are the the people that are running these ponzi schemes are they typically you know kind of out on their own type thing um or or are they inside of one of the big brokerage houses or, or do you see both?
1: I, I see both and it, it really depends to a large extent on the size of the scheme. I, I, you know, I tell my students when we, we go over uh, this topic in class, you know, think of how these schemes grow. If you're a, a, a solo, uh, you can raise a million dollars, maybe 5 million, maybe even a little more if you're very good at it. But once you reach a certain level, you need an infrastructure to help you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to have uh, uh, promoters or salesmen, people who help you know funnel money to you. Right. Uh, you need to open a bank account, you need to have maybe a custodian you work with. You likely be affiliated with a larger organization because you need to start reaching out to strangers. You're going to exhaust your close network. Uh, and, and at that point, those strangers might be less you know trusting. Uh, And they'll they'll typically want to see, you know, who do you work with? Who are you affiliated with? Uh, And so depending on the size of the scheme, for larger schemes, you know, Bernie Madoff type of thing, uh, yeah, we typically see people who are, you know, they they, they have a network, they're part of a structure, uh, because with that structure, corporate structure, uh, typically comes credibility and, you know, people think these are reputable uh, promoters. Right.
0: So, so part of what you're, you know, going back to, you're talking about looking people up and and things like that, Um, you really are are saying be skeptical of what's going on, and even though somebody is under a big um, brokerage house or something like that, they still could do these Ponzi schemes, Um, because so many people just automatically think, it's like, oh, well, that's a you know, Merrill Lynch or Morgan Stanley. Oh, I'm protected. Uh, but what you're saying is, you still need to go go and do your due diligence before you do anything else. Always. So, if somebody feels that they've been given the wrong investment advice or whatever, and they've lost money, so can you kind of walk us through how does that look? To you know, okay, I I my guy put me in something and. I lost, you know, whatever, hundred thousand dollars. Right. You know, do I come to you and just say, "Hey, I lost a hundred thousand dollars in the market. You know, get it back for me." How does how does that work?
1: Yeah, it, it, that's another uh, uh, due diligence uh, uh, situation where you know, let's see what happened. Uh, let's, from an investor standpoint, uh, right? You, you you get a statement at some point, or or you get a call from your advisor and you you look at the statement and you know, you see that a big chunk of your savings is gone. Uh, What happened there, right? What what, was there a sudden market drop? Uh, You know, do you, was there an industry event? Uh, And and if there wasn't one, again, what let's try and figure out what happened. And what I tell people who call me uh, is at this point, your your first job is to educate yourself. To, to try and get information from as many sources as you can uh, and, and understand what your options are, understand what happened. You know, is this a market event, which unfortunately that's, that's life in, in, in right. capitalism. Right. Uh, or is it something that was caused by, by somebody who didn't do his or her job? Okay. Uh, somebody who, you know, maybe ran a little scheme or wasn't careful in they recommended investment uh you know was is there a problem with the product uh or is the product okay but but not for somebody who's uh 65 and about to retire sure. uh, and you know you make a few phone calls you 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 talk to a few professionals and slowly slowly you start to understand what happened or or have a better idea uh and and educated investors from my standpoint educated clients uh you know they make good decisions and and they're, they're, you know, they tend to do the right thing. Sure. So
0: what are some of the common mistakes that you are seeing that your clients have made that have made them now become your clients?
1: Uh, The the first and foremost is, uh, again, the due diligence And, and due diligence is a broad and maybe a little fuzzy concept. Uh, there's that old saying with, uh, about if it's too good to be true, okay. um, it, it probably is. Uh, okay. And you know, to a large extent, this is all common sense. Uh, if, if somebody offers uh, returns that are just, you know, outside of what's, what's typical, Sure. Um, there's, there's a saying in science that, that extraordinary claims demand extraordinary evidence. Right. Well, what's the evidence here? What's the due diligence, right? How are you getting 15% when everybody else is getting eight, or maybe less than eight, or maybe a little more than eight? Uh, Again, the the higher the returns, the higher the skepticism should be. Uh, And, you know, I'm sure there's another Warren Buffett out there and another George Soros, or, uh, you know, who's in their 20s or 30s, and they have a long career ahead of them, and they're going to do very well uh, that's probably 1% or less. I mean, there's only one Warren Buffett, right? <laughs> uh, you know, what are the odds of you coming across that person versus coming across somebody who claims to be Warren Buffett, but he's not, uh, and, and, that's the due diligence part. That's the skepticism that, that should accompany these promises of high returns. Then if you see some red flags, you know, uh, uh, Evasive answers, uh, well, I, I can't tell you that, uh, um, you know, that's that, that's confidential. Uh, right. or, or answers that, you know, you ask pointed questions and then you get a long-winded answer that doesn't really answer it. Uh, those are red flags. Uh, when, when there's pressure to do something uh, quickly, uh, we, you know, yeah. for, for those of us who worked in sales at some point in their lives, there's that saying that there's never such a thing as a last day in sales, right? Right. So when you hear that, that's the last opportunity. That's, uh, you know, that's the pressure. Uh, do something now because the price will go up or this thing will no, no longer be available. That's sales pressure. Uh, or, you know, this is only available pl- to a select set of people. Well, I always like to be special.
0: <laughs> right, right.
1: But, you know, is this a sales tactic or am I really special? Why are you offering this to me, and what's what's so special about it? Right. Uh, and, and so these red flags, again, especially when we're dealing with somebody's life savings. People work for years to to put together a nest egg, um, and you know, the healthy skepticism should be the norm before investing. Right.
0: So, you know, I I always preach team, um, and know. you know book i read wrote um, you know uh, the right team the right plan and throughout the whole thing i constantly talk about making sure that you do the work ahead of time you know if you're going to set up a business make sure you go to an attorney to have them draw up all the proper paperwork and things like that if um you know a cpa could correct um you know if you're having your taxes done go to somebody who is licensed to prepare taxes Um, don't go to the next door neighbor who says he knows how to do it Um, you know I I constantly run into people that say oh yeah well my my friend owns a company and he's doing this and it's like well you know is he really doing that or is that what he thinks he's doing Um, but again going back to making sure that you do the work ahead of time. And that's what you're saying with the due diligence, make sure that you're doing the work ahead of time to make sure that whoever you're working with is reputable um, and make sure that, that they are
1: giving you sound investment advice. And Gary, you make a great point. It's it, it's all about the team uh, and especially for larger amounts. Talk to your CPA, the, the, the same person you trust with your taxes every year. Uh, right. Call a lawyer, call an, call an advisor, uh, have somebody else look at these.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, those are all, all, all great suggestions. So in your in your you know your law practice, what are some of the the biggest um, things roadblocks that you guys uh, or challenges that you guys are running into right now?
1: Uh, right now you mean in the age of the corona or <laughs> correct correct
0: in, yeah. in the age of covid yeah. you know yeah. um you know because you know are you guys going in in front of uh judges in the courtroom are you going in front of arbitrators are you how 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 does this yeah. go and, and how is this either speeding up what you're trying to do or slowing down what you're trying to do
1: so, so let's break it down into two things. One is uh, uh, litigation issues or issues that have to do with uh, roadblocks, like you, like you said, uh, to recouping money for investors. That's one, one type of issues. Okay. The second type of issues is uh, sort of new cases that, that come up or, or new situations where investors discover that unfortunately they lost a lot of money. Okay. As to the, the roadblocks in, in our efforts to, or to our efforts to recoup money for investors, um, it's been a challenge uh, more than one uh, this past year. Uh, on one hand, uh, we've seen courthouses all over the country uh, uh, either completely shut down to cases like ours, um, where there were automatic 30 uh, day extensions you know, months in a row Uh, Well, nothing happened and and you know, we all know why, Uh, but nonetheless, for somebody who's retired and, you know, waiting to get their money back because they're counting on it, that's, that's, you know, a problem. Uh, And then there's the issue of the Zoom hearings where the jury's out there, uh, no pun intended, uh, on on whether or not these Zoom hearings are, are going to work. I mean, they work for a situation like this, like something like we're talking right now, sure. um, or if you talk to a judge, uh, will they work for a trial where, you know, is the jury or the arbitrators, are they gonna look at your client as just a face on a screen? Or are they gonna see a, you know, a person who's somebody like them who worked hard their whole life and end up lost their life savings, right? We, we don't yet know that, but again, there's some, some skepticism there. Um, in terms of cases that have come up uh, this past year, uh, there's that, that old Warren Buffett saying that, that when the tide goes low, you discover who's swimming naked. Right. <laughs> um, and so a lot of these problems happened before the corona or the seeds of the problems were planted before the corona, uh, but the corona is the low tide that exposed, exposed them. Uh, right. Think of reeds, for instance. Uh, right. So one thing we've seen is the the retail situation is is the you know close to a disaster. Right. Uh, we've seen so many large chains going bankrupt. Many smaller ones struggling. Restaurants uh, closing. Uh, and so REITs that invested in commercial real estate, these are the landlords who are not getting the rent. Right. Uh, a lot of them were struggling before the Corona or they had made promises or some of them made promises that were hard to keep in an, even in a good economy, which is not what we've had last year. Right. Uh, and so that's the type of low tide that exposes the problem. Uh, uh, reads, for instance, that uh, are landlords for office space, where the, the, the word last year has been a uh, Zoom and work from home or teleworking, right? right. right. In large companies, you've seen their, their trimming down their their real estate footprint which means that those landlords are not gonna get the same or are already not getting the same uh, rent checks they used to. And again, they made promises to investors that, you know, we're gonna pay you likely X percent a year. Where, what is that X percent gonna come from if a lot of your tenants are, are you know, trimming down their, their uh, commercial footprint? Right. And, and so these are some of the issues that we've seen exposed uh, last year, for instance, Cryptocurrencies is another one. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's been some fraud related to what we call now PPE, right? So protective equipment, medical equipment, uh, uh, supposed miracle drugs or miracle treatments against coronavirus. Uh, So it's a broad range, uh, but these were some of the the larger ones we've seen.
0: So... I guess you know not not that we want to find an ideal client for you because we don't want this to happen. But who is an ideal client for you?
1: Look, in, in I, I wouldn't call them ideal. In a, in an ideal world, I would not have a client. Correct. I, I'd Correct. Be doing, I'd be and I'd be happy to do something else. Right. <laughs> uh, but the the typical client is is somebody who's uh, uh, on the eve of retirement or or retired or you know getting close to retirement um, and, and they investing up a, in a bad product or they have the misfortune of, of meeting up an advisor who's more interested in generating fees for him or herself than doing right by the client. Right,
0: so it's not, so not always just somebody comes to you because of a Ponzi scheme. It could be because of just somebody not, you know, the, the the financial advisor looking out for their well-being and not the client's well-being
1: yeah it's it's a mix
0: yeah gotcha so if our listeners are hearing this and they're like hey I, you know i gotta talk to this guy because i've had this happen to me how is it how 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 do they get the process started with you
1: um well i i usually i'll i'll get a phone call uh, or an email Um, And the first few phone calls uh, are, and and that's what I tell clients right now, both of us are trying to learn uh, more about what happened. You have questions, I have questions. And and so the the first few calls are usually just to, uh, again, for both sides to understand what what happened. Uh, If I see a path forward, uh, I'll typically tell the client, the prospective clients at that point that look, this is what I'm seeing here. Uh, And in some cases, unfortunately, I, you know, I won't see a path forward and and I'll honestly say that. Uh, But if I see a path forward, I'll typically tell the investors, look, I I think that these are your options. Uh, You know, take some time, think about it. Uh, Lawsuits are not something that that anyone should rush into. Uh, A lawsuit is a serious thing. Uh, and, and so let's talk some more, let's, let's see what the consequences or ramifications are. Um, and, you know, if, if you're ready to start a case, uh, we can go ahead and start a case. Uh, I, I oftentimes tell them, if you'd like to go to another lawyer with my idea, I might be upset for a few minutes, but I'll get over it. Right, right. Uh, but these, these, I think, are your options. So that's how a typical conversation goes. Okay, so, so
0: do they reach out to you through your website? Um, you know, can you give them your website, your phone number? Yeah. What yeah. can we do here? Uh, I,
1: I appreciate you asking. Uh, sure. uh, the, the phone number, well, my direct number is uh, 216-570-0097. And I, I answer that. It actually rolls into my cell phone. Okay. Um, and the, the website is investorlawyers.org. So the extension is org investor lawyers org. Okay. So, um,
0: is there anything that I haven't asked you at this point that you would like to share with our listeners?
1: Well, you've been uh, you've been very thorough. Uh, again, I, I I think if the listeners are are left with a couple of words only, those are due diligence.
0: Good. Good. I really appreciate your time today um, and. Look forward to, to talking to you again in the future. We will. Thank you. Uh, our guest today has been Alan Roska with Goldman Scalato and Penny PC. Thank you again for your time. Thank you.
1: This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC.